Hello, and thanks for tuning in to another Fisher Investments Market Insights podcast, where we discuss our firm's latest thinking on global capital markets and current events. I'm Naj Srinivas. I'm a group vice president here at the firm. And today I'm joined by executive chairman and co-chief investment officer of Fisher Investments, Ken Fisher. Thanks for having me. Ken, thanks so much for being here and spending some time with our listeners. So, Ken, today I want to talk a little bit about recent market volatility. We're sitting here in October, late October 2018. When you think about 2017, it was a pretty abnormal year in terms of the lack of volatility we saw. And 2018 has almost been the exact opposite. Outside of January, we've seen a lot of market volatility. And very recently, shortly after stocks neared their all-time highs again, we've seen negative market volatility resume. I think a lot of our investors are wondering right now, how do you navigate market volatility successfully? What are our thoughts? What are some signs you look for in determining, is this regular market volatility or is this, say, the end of the bull market? Said simply, volatility doesn't mean anything. People don't really like to hear that because they really want to presume that short-term volatility means something. But uh, there's no significance to a move of 5 6 7%, 8%, 12%. It doesn't tell you anything. It's a little bit like uh, the notion of people just kind of having a nightmare while they're in bed. The nightmare doesn't have anything to do with reality, but they feel like it does. And the fact is, if they wake up and shake it off, uh, they ought to be able to go back to sleep, and they ought to be able to have an okay next day. The fact of volatility is it's just effectively a number of people trying to rush out the same door at the same point in time, and there's not enough room in the door space. The, uh, why do they want to rush out? Because eh, they're unable to get the notion that they shouldn't have to rush out. But just read media right now. Uh, th- there's a, a huge amount of talk that says this bull market is too old. This must not go on. This is long in the tooth. Uh, last weekend, there was a piece by uh, Mark Hulbert, a guy who I respect a great deal. He's been around for a long time. I've known him for a long time in Market Watch. He was saying, uh, boy, we're overdue for uh, a one-day down, I can't remember what it was, 6 7% move. And, like, we're overdue for a 1%, 6 or 7% move. Yeah, but might not happen for five more years either. Uh, or we might have three of those in four months. And none of that would tell you anything about what happens next. The fact of the matter is volatility is not predictive. People uh, often get excited, for example, about the uh, VIX index which is thought to be often referred to as the fear index. The VIX does not actually predict. It's a coincident indicator. It's not a leading indicator. It's never been a leading indicator. If you actually try to trade the VIX, you lose money. And uh, people who try to trade volatility alone are going to lose money because it's always backward-looking rather than forward-looking. The Fact, however, is that fear motivates a lot of people. And what are we doing in our culture right now? We're generally afraid because we're seeing something we're not used to, which is a very, very, very long economic expansion and bull market. 
in a world that has been off and on, synchronous and non-synchronous in global growth. And that length it by itself just scares us because we're used to a natural world where when things get old, they die. Markets aren't like that. Uh, what happens in the future doesn't really have, senescence doesn't apply to markets per se. Uh, and this market will die. Uh, but uh, we will have a bear market. When? I don't know. But we will. Uh, hopefully, I'll figure it out when it's happening. But the re I'd like to figure it out when it's happening. I'll try to figure it out when it's happening. But in reality, bull markets don't die from old age. And that's kind of a current fear that's all over everyone you talk to. And then they throw in reasons to support that. But, you know, if, if you said to someone, and I don't want to make this prediction, I won't make this prediction, I don't have a view. But if you said to someone, you know, this bull market and, and economic expansion could go on another five, six years, th that seems incredulous to almost everyone. It's impossible to conceive. However, that's just as likely a reality as the one-day 7% move this year, if you follow the, the likelihoods. They're, they're, they're all so unlikely that the uh, notion of immediacy is uh, irrelevant. So, of course, earlier you were saying that just because stocks have done one thing one day doesn't mean the likelihood of them doing that next thing the next day is any higher or, or lower probability. That, that's, of course, stocks are not auto-serially correlated. And that's what people are looking for. They're looking for, well, because stocks have done this thing, they surely should do this thing in the past. You would think that people would understand that by now and know that. But with negative market volatility, for some reason, it's different. People don't appreciate that. Why is that? People hate losses more than they like gains. That's a documentable fact. And uh, the loss feels worse to us than the gain feels good to us. Uh, by, for an American, two and a half to one. And for a continental European, probably about six to one. And that feature makes us just overly hyper toward that. In, in my uh, Only Few Questions book, you know, I was talking about volatility, uh, uh, and uh, I made the point that uh, I said, qu quite literally, 2% is what the market calls Tuesday. And the fact is that this is today, as I'm doing this with you, a Tuesday. The market's down 2% today. Uh, turns out today, 2% is what the market calls Tuesday. But the fact is, None of that helps you. And the best way to envision it is not to let the market volatility impact what you think will happen moving forward, but instead to maintain in downside volatility your prior views about what you think will happen. And if you're wrong, you're wrong. But if you were wrong, you were going to be wrong anyway, whether the market was volatile or not. Bull markets die with a whimper, not with a bang. And you know what we're seeing now is bang activity. And I, I like that. Volatility is your friend if you let it be. How does volatility impact sentiment? People tend to get freaked out when markets fall fast. That's sentiment. That freak out factor is because of the natural feature of risk aversion where people hate losses more than they like gains. They allow, they, they presume there must be meaning there. And they allow the downside volatility to change their views about the future. It's a pretty simple process. If we think about, and one of the things you've talked about quite a lot is the Sir John Templeton quote that bull markets are 
born in pessimism, grow on skepticism, mature on optimism, and die on euphoria. I think it's safe to say we're pretty far away from euphoria today with all the fears that are out there in the news media. But in terms of where the marketplace is on that scale, going from pessimism to euphoria, what does volatility do to us here? Does It It just moves you backwards. It moves you toward, away from euphoria, away from optimism, toward skepticism and toward pessimism. Uh, what I would have said um, at the beginning of the year is that we were we had transitioned in 2016-17 from skepticism into optimism, but not yet to euphoria. And that as we face 2018, what we're seeing steadily through the year is a move to get rid of the optimism and move back to skepticism. So you've got a million crazy stories floating around media right now and in people's minds about what's wrong with the world. And the fact is most all of that stuff of which there is no one super biggie but but there's a whole lot of little ones ranging from brexit italy the fed raising interest rates you can go on and on and on and of course always 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 trump 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 uh that all those things are ones that i personally believe we'll look back on two years from now and see that they were just more noise like we've had so much noise of throughout the course of this bull market over, 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 and over. Um, the, the, the nature of this year has been to move sentiment to be more dour. That's positive. Because it means that this bull market may in fact have so, some more room to run before it gets to that euphoric level. I go back to a point that I've made before in my columns and in writing that I've done uh, regularly, which is that here in October of 2018, we're weeks away from the midterm election and that the quarter that includes a midterm election and the next two quarters after that, that nine-month stretch is the most consistently positive stretch in global stock market history by far so far outside the realm of normalcy at 91% of all of the periods that it is would be exceptionally bizarre for that to be just coincidence. It could be, just like you could theoretically flip heads 15 times in a row, but the odds of that are very low. I believe there's a feature where political risk aversion reduces from the midterms and causes us to actually see a world that can hurt us less legislatively, whoever we are, and calm down and quiet down. And markets like that, because markets basically like governments that don't take big, huge actions, because when governments do take big, huge actions, they always hurt somebody to help somebody else, and the people they hurt hate it more than the people they help like it. Uh, that world, I believe, uh, is still intact, still happening uh, this time. There's no reason to believe it shouldn't. Uh, I think this is going to be a good time, and the current volatility that we have is just sort of the, uh, the market wanting to fake people out. To steal from one of your favorite poems, one of my favorite poems, Rudyard Kipling's If, you could say that if you could keep your wits as an investor when everyone else is losing theirs right now, right ahead of this midterm election miracle, well, stock market should reward yeah, but I never had any wits anyway, so I'm, I'm kind of a nitwit. <laughs> Thanks, Ken. 
And thanks to all of you for tuning in today. For more, please visit marketminder.com. And if you want to read more of Ken's insights, I invite you to follow him and his 250,000 other loyal followers on Twitter. His Twitter handle is at Kenneth L. Fisher. Thanks again for tuning in. Investing in securities involves the risk of loss. Past performance is no guarantee of future returns. The content of this podcast represents the opinions and viewpoints of Fisher Investments and should not be regarded as personal investment advice. No assurances are made. We will continue to hold these views, which may change at any time based on new information, analysis, or reconsideration. Copyright Fisher Investments 2018.